from the NLRPD to KTHV to behind the microphone. It's Scott Romine with Guatney Unplugged. Hi, welcome back to Guatney Unplugged. I'm your host, Scott Romine. This is the interview we've we've waited to do all week long. Um, it is such a blessing for me to to finally. This is a dream come true to say Happy Valentine's Day to my very first Valentine, Catherine Bach. How are you? Well, thank you, Scott, and happy Valentine's Day to you, sweetie. Oh, my gosh. Now, see, that we could just stop the interview right there. That's all. <laughs> that's all. <laughs> Man, that's just awesome. Dreams do yeah. come true. Uh, well, Catherine, uh, we're talking to her from uh, California, and we, we want to talk to you about how you got started. You're born in Ohio. You still have a lot of family back this way? No. Are you in Ohio right now? No, we're in Arkansas, but I mean, I'm a lot closer to Ohio than I am California. That's true. Okay. Uh, actually, my father was in the military, and my parents were on the way home from my my mother. It's, it's kind of a funny story, so I'm going to tell the whole convoluted thing. Okay. My mother graduated from college out here in Los Angeles and from Immaculate Heart, and she uh, went to... Germany to be part of it. She got a job uh, during the Great Reformation of Germany. You know about that, right? Oh Scott? yeah, sure. Yeah, the the rebuilding of, of the country after the after the war. James Best was uh, there. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Yeah. That's right. Oh gosh, I love that man. He was the best. And so my mother was supposed to marry this man when she came home. This fellow Tony, and she says, "Look, I just need to do a little something. You know, get get." get out and about, and I'll be back, and then we can get married and have kids and do everything. Sure. Well, who does she work for? But my dad. Oh, boy. Changes things. And my dad chases my mom around for two years. <laughs> and she finally says, okay, let's get married. Okay, that's it. So she uh, goes with him, and she they, they go to Ohio. I, I, I'm not exactly sure what capacity he was in at that point. You know, it was something in civil service because he was he was uh, one of the bosses. He, he grew up on a ranch, and, you know, all ranchers, people that have farms, know how to uh, take care of vendors on their property. Sure. Like the feed that they need for their cattle, oh, yeah. you know, how to, how to order stuff. I mean, they're really efficient. My dad's very efficient and very uh, successful at ordering supplies and... Uh, Having enough and not going over budget. He was like a budget officer, I guess you'd say. Didn't have Google he, back then. Didn't have Amazon for farmers back in the day. Ranchers yeah. in our family. Yeah, they, <laughs> yeah, they had to know what they were doing. That's so right. Yeah. Uh, to this day, I keep ledgers of everything, you know. But you um, still ended up growing up in like South Dakota, correct? Well, yeah, because that's where my dad's family homesteaded. And so he, that's where his roots were. And he, uh, He's the only one that got off the ranch and had, he, he spent eight years in, in Europe. He was in the Army, and then when the Army split and became Army and Air Force, he went Air Force, and then he became, uh, and, and then he uh, graduated, or, you know, he, he stopped that, and he became a budget officer over there. And so, did you want to go to Hollywood when you were a little kid? Well, let me just tell you the story. I <laughs> am, <laughs> I, I'm. I'm half Mexican, half German. I am, so my mother, and my mother's family is Verdugo, 
So there was a huge, you know, her whole family was here, here and in Arizona and in Mexico. And that Verdugo is a land grant family. They have been here since beginning of time in California. Uh-huh. So she, I have, I have, I'm related to everybody here, and I'm related to everybody in South Dakota. You know, sometimes <laughs> we we look at people, we sort of look familiar, and we're like, I, I I know we're related. I'm not quite sure how we call ourselves buttonhole cousins. So I have a lot of that, both in. Uh, You're not related LA. to anyone in Arkansas, because I've found no one that looks like Daisy Duke. <laughs> <laughs> and I've looked. <laughs> <laughs> So but I was in South Dakota. I love South Dakota. And then my parents started not getting along. They were, they were really different people, you know, and uh, and they were young. And and, uh, and I think uh, they just couldn't resolve their differences. So my mother came back out to Los Angeles and started her life here. And so now I was caught between um, South Dakota and and California. And they uh, in, in South Dakota, they call me California Kathy. And in and uh, <laughs> in, in LA, you call me Annie Oakley, so I couldn't win, you know. A little bit of everything. You know what's yeah. cool is one of the. I mean, everybody starts somewhere and whatnot, but you start off practically on a movie with Clint Eastwood and Jeff Bridges. I mean, you start at the very top. How did that come about? Well, crazy thing. I I graduated from high school at sixteen, so. When I came out here, I was in college, way too young, but I was at UCLA, and I I just had the naive thing. I, I looked in the paper for jobs, so I figured, hey, I'm in L.A., I'm now, I've been, to, I've been going to drama camp since, because my parents were divorced. If I wasn't on the ranch, I was in a drama camp someplace, a performance camp, and then when I said, okay, well, they said, what do you want to be? And I said, well, I want to be an actress. They're like, no, no, that was just for fun to keep you occupied during the summer. You can't be an actress. That's not a secure job. Be a teacher. Be something, but don't be an actress. So, of course, you know, uh, that's what I wanted to be. So, came out to L.A., looked in the papers, looked for jobs, and, uh, and you know, that's not really how you do it. So, I just, I was in college, and I was, somehow, it wasn't as hard to get an agent back in the day, back in the 70s, and, um, I had a commercial agent, and then I discovered doing some little play, and I got a, another agency, but they couldn't get me a job either because I wasn't in the union. You have to be in the union. Oh, work. like SAG card and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. It's still difficult. So I so I ended up um, going around all these interviews, and people would say, oh, yeah, we like her, but we're not going to, you know, we're not going to vouch for her to be in screen actor skill. Tell her to come back when she gets in. They had the agency that I was with said, look, we can get you three days on this movie. Um, you know, we handle the director, the producer, and the leading actress, who is uh, Leslie Caron. Leslie Caron was a famous French actress who did American in Paris mm-hmm. with Jean Kelly. She's a fantastic dancer. And she did uh, uh, Fiji. You know, she's famous for that. Sure. Do you know? You know those shows? Uh, those old, old shows. I think they're in black and white. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, whatever. <laughs> so, so I went in there to get my three days of work, and they, uh, the director saw me sitting there, and he said, hey, uh, are you, you're an actress. And I said, yeah, and so he brought me in. So not only did I get my three days of work, I got the second lead next to, to Leslie. Wow. 
I like so you start at the very top. It's very so that was backwards. really because not only we uh, I worked for three months on the movie, so now I just loved it. I love doing. I I love the whole process. I love the whole creative process. It was so great. They shot it in European style, which means they they shot the show. They didn't pay attention really to the sound. So then I was in looping, or you know, when you. Look oh, yeah. The, you go back and do the, uh, the ADR or something? The ADR. Yeah. I did that for a month. So I was really hooked. It was so fascinating, interesting. And then and then I did uh, the movie with Clint Eastwood and then and that wonderful director, Michael Cimino, who did The, the Deer Hunter and and uh, so many other movies. Such a great director. And then um, uh, the movie, well, Burt Lancaster, I worked with him, too. Did he you? was fantastic. You, you've worked with all the big names. i got to ask you the silliest thing uh, before we get into the Dukes and stuff on our next segment. Cannonball Run. Uh, oh, yeah. You made, did you drive the Lamborghini? Oh, yeah, but that wasn't the point. The point of it was is that John Schneider, the little whippersnapper that he was, had all kinds of cars, and he was going broke with all, like he had 11 exotic cars or I, something. I'm going broke with cars as well, I promise you. You are? I, I totally understand it, yes. Totally. Are you married? Uh, no, I'm not married, and that's why I have all I'm five cars. I've been for a while. That's okay. <laughs> we were talking about Cannonball Run. The the Lamborghini was that John Schneider's Lamborghini? It sure was, and um, and so I helped him. I was instrumental in helping him get that rented to the to the show. I had done a picture prior to Cannonball Run with Burt Reynolds and Catherine Deneuve called Hustle, and Ben Johnson, who I had all my scenes actually with Ben Johnson. You guys know him. He's a great actor. Um, uh, so we, uh, so I, so I got that. I didn't know they were going to paint it. So I, I got. A, I was a little worried about that. But you know, I think they painted it red, painting. right? They painted it red. Yeah. And it was white. Yes, yes. That's exactly. That's exactly what happened. So. Um, <laughs> You know, because there's a scene in the movie when you open the door and you can visibly see the inside of the door is the wrong color. Well, they, yeah, well, they did that because I was, um, you know, I, we were, we knew we were going to get in trouble racing this car around, and so, and then we hosed it off and we went on, so it was a, like a different car. Right, right. Right? So, anyhow, driving a Lamborghini, can I tell you something? Sure. It is not a smooth, wonderful you know, Cadillac drive. It's like a hard driving race car. I never really understand all these people driving these cars around because it's a lot of engine to just be racing up and down Rodeo Drive, which they like you in California. I understand the it's, pedals are very small and very close together, that it's not yeah, the easy the car wheel, to drive. No, it is not. It's a lot of car to drive. So I don't get it. I mean, but I do love it. It's fun and it's an exciting car, but it's not a car to, uh, just uh, I st- I still want one. I had a poster of you and a poster of a Lamborghini on my walls when I was a, a kid. Let was- me tell you. What, let me tell you what I did. I um, one summer I realized that I wasn't going to get out of town, and I um, I I did something that I never do. I rented a Ferrari. Awesome. I rented a three hundred eight Ferrari. It kind of looks like a mini. That's I the Magnum like car. A- Magnum PI exactly. car. Exactly, it's a Magnum car, and yep. it's a mini. It's like a mini Lamborghini. It's sort of that style too. 
Do you see that? Yeah, you, you go drive it across <laughs> the country. I know exactly what it is. That's the the Magnum no, P. No, I just I I drove it all. Uh, I, I drove it all over L.A. I drove it on the freeways. I drove it everywhere. <laughs> and then when people would say, "Hey, God, you're so lucky. You know, you get that car. You have that car." And, you know, like my brother, who's a teacher, I said, oh, you like it? And he goes, yeah. So I threw the keys at him. I said, go, have fun. Go to lunch. Take your friends out. Just don't ruin it, you know? Oh, my gosh. And so when I see people, my, my real fun came from having this car and being able to let all my friends drive it. Like, today, you couldn't do that, I'm sure. I'm, I mean, this is before I had kids, so this is like before 1995. Today, it would and, break down, I'm sure. No, it wouldn't break down, but you'd probably get in trouble for letting everybody in the world drive it. Like, I'd see security guards at the Warner Brothers gates, and they, they said, wow, what a car. I said, here, take it. I can. I'm going to work now. Or here. Oh, my you know, gosh. I was a nut with that car. I had so much fun handing it out to everybody. We all had a vacation in that car. One of the things I wanted to ask you about is during the 80s, you know, you had all kind of silly things going on. What was the hokiest thing Hollywood ever tried to get you to do? Like game shows or variety shows or... I mean, country versus city. What was that? Country versus city was a show where the country people squared off against the city people. (laughs) And And they wanted you on there. Well, I was on it. I was on it with Glenn, Glenn Campbell. That's where I met Glenn Campbell and Tanya Tucker. And, um, and Sonny Schroyer was on it. And I can't, I can't think of who else. Gosh, darn it. I'd have to go back and look at. See, Sounds like Battle of the Network Stars or something like that. Hey, that was serious. Yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> but so they do these crazy things where they go, okay, can you uh, milk a cow? So we, like, whoever could milk a cow, and of course the city people, they had no idea how to milk a cow. Can no. you catch calf, you know? Can you catch this little calf? And, and can you... Uh, uh, you know, bring this little piggy and give him a little bath or something. You know, it was like the silliest show. Can you walk uh, uh, on on a log across the river? And so, of course, that's country type all cleaned up and me being a tomboy. So, tom girl, tomboy. This show was rigged in your favor. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I picked the right show. I won? guess you what? did. Glenn Fry. I mean, not Glenn Fry. Glenn Campbell was the fastest milker i have ever seen <laughs> now so uh, kathy did you actually watch the dukes of hazard every friday night did you did your schedule allow for that when the when the show was number one you know actually i was not able to watch it a lot because um i would take a red eye and go do an appearance someplace i mean ah. you, you have to make hay while the sun's shining That's so true. we we all worked. Usually it would be John and Tom and I would be on a red eye to someplace. Or CBS would send me to a radio station. Or, I mean, not, not a red, one of their TV stations, their affiliates. And uh, so I was pretty much working all the time. But when I was home, oh, my gosh, of course I watched it. And I loved it. I'll never forget, you know, I had a home. I got a home um, in the, like, 1982. And I had uh, John... And Tom over for dinner so we could all watch together. Oh, that's cool. And I, made, I made tacos, like uh, beef and, you know, little beef and tortillas and whatever and chicken, um, lettuce and tomatoes and hot sauce. And But I didn't have any plates. So, you didn't so have had, any plates. I had no plates. So we, 
This would be like having lunch with the people on my lunchbox. This is a. <laughs> this would have been a dream, you know. <laughs> so we all sat around there with our little pot, uh, our little pan of beef, and the little. Uh, it was just so silly, and we had so much fun watching the show and going, "Wow, can you believe this?" We had we had a lot of fun. We had, uh, all the people on the show, you know, we. I would usually make it, um, you know, open house on Friday nights if I was in town because, you know, I never got to see my friends otherwise. So all my friends would come over and we'd have fun. We'd watch a show or, or and, and then we'd, you know, we were young. So we, of course, we had to go out dancing or to go do, do, do something. Or if John and Tom were over, they'd be playing. Um, John plays a pretty good piano, so he'd be playing piano and Tom be playing his guitar. It was a lot of fun. You know, you mentioned home, and I got to be honest, one of the highlights of my life was I was very blessed back in 08 to come to your home there in California with John and Rick Hurst, who was Cletus on the show, and we filmed some commercials and had fun. And I think what was neat about it to me was someone also very famous had lived in your house prior to you. Can you tell us about that? Do you want me to tell you all the people that lived in my house? Well, I know there's one in particular that is pretty okay, darn I'll famous. Tell you that one. Well, first of all, this house was built for Dinah Shore, who um, her first husband was George Montgomery, who was a cowboy actor. Uh-huh. And he is really credited with building the ranch house. And this is uh, it was a ranch house. This was one of the original ranch houses in, in Los Angeles. And then uh, they lived here and. And they sold it some to somebody. And then Frank DeLeo bought it, who is Michael Jackson's manager. Uh-huh. And Michael moved in here. He was here for a couple of years. I, I understood he lived there when he made Thriller. It's Thriller and Dangerous. Oh, my both, gosh. Both albums. In fact, my office where I... It's a painting slash um, business studio. You know, my bookkeeper sure. is up there yep. working away. It was his where he would lay down his rough tracks. Isn't that amazing? And go to me. Yeah. Amazing. Something. And it's so interesting how my life has intersected with Michael. When I was, I went with the fellow that taught him the, the, how to moonwalk, who, a famous mime named Robert Shields. And he taught him how to do that, that incredible move that just, you know, galvanized the whole, put the whole music business and the industry, you know, on their ear because the way he danced was so incredible. It's like you're living he, in Graceland, <laughs> in a way. Well, interestingly enough, when we, when my husband and I bought this place in 1992, there was this huge, like a, um, a swing set, not a swing set, like a, uh, an enclosed area where, uh, like a kids, like you, you see at a city park with um, not swings, the things that the kids like um, do gymnastics. Sure, on. jungle gym type thing. A jungle gym thing made out of steel, and it was huge. And so, what, what is this? And why is it enclosed? And they said, "Oh, well, that's where Bubbles uh, lived." And I say, "Are you kidding me?" Bubbles lived so the, there. Bubbles lived there. <laughs> so uh, Bubbles was Michael's uh, chimpanzee, who again. Uh, John Schneider was dating this really cute girl who worked uh, worked with animals, and when Michael would travel, she would look after Bubbles. So Bubbles and Bubbles and John's date and and John came over to my house for Thanksgiving one one year, and they brought Bubbles, and Bubbles just oh my gosh, I know. Can you imagine having Bubbles? So 
Bubbles wanted to do all the cooking with me. He just sat in my arms while I mashed potatoes and Daisy Duke and Bubbles, Michael Jackson. Uh, I hope I he left the hyperbaric chamber. I, I, I don't. I don't. Well, there's no hyperbaric chamber here. There's Otherwise, no. I would have used it. Okay. And it still looked like, you know, do whatever. You, do you have a general Lee? As a matter of fact, I do. And you have a general Lee, too. My gosh. How well, cool I is have that? One because I, I have one because John sold his, and he was very generous with his. He, I, because I would use it for, for, for community and for charity and take it to the children's hospital and let the kids ride around it on my lap or make, or make a wish, let them drive it in the um, parking lot or I'd go to Warner Brothers and let the kids all use it. And, 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 and so John was nice enough to do that. Then he sold his. So I, uh, thought, you know, I really enjoy that experience. And I, and that, that car brings so much happiness to people. And I have a, uh, like an attachment to it. I want to, I, I want to put it out. I want to put it out to pasture in a really great way, and so right now it's at a at a college in North Carolina being fixed up by future mechanics and engineers and you know future NASCAR engineers, and and so they're having a ball. Isn't that it awesome? Together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, my dad and I built one in two thousand three, and you know it goes sixty miles per hour. I mean, it's just uh, it's it's a unique thing to have a General Lee, but. To ride around with you in one, that would be even better. <laughs> Should I make the seats inside? I know it's orange on the outside. Should I make the seats inside pink or something? No, yeah. you got to leave it original. Uh, uh, you signed like mine. You signed mine on the headliner. That was a great day, and uh, you know, Aww. man, I show it to people all the time. Hey, uh, tell us any memories of Denver Pile because. There's someone that most fans didn't get a chance to meet by the time this Duke's Fest stuff had taken off. You know, we didn't get, we didn't get the opportunity. Denver Pyle was the greatest guy. I mean, he just couldn't have been sweeter or stronger or more of a help to to me. You know, he was. Uh, you know, when, when, when we even started the show, I was very much on my own and sort of alone because I was the only girl in the cast and, uh, you know, I just didn't know anybody and I was under a lot of pressure at that point. Um, uh, and, and he would take me out to lunch on our one day off and we'd go antiquing and talking and, <laughs> and, you know, uh, he, he was so, he was just so supportive and helpful and, one of his girlfriends when he was a youngster was uh, Gloria Swanson, uh-huh. the the famous movie star who did Sunset Boulevard, and she taught him all about health, and so he said, I want you to meet her. She's going to be a great person for you to meet. So we had, Gloria Swanson and I had dinner because of Denver Pyle, and we got to know each other. Uh, she was the most amazing woman. I mean, if you anybody out there knows who she is, she she's that woman that was a famous movie star that didn't want to get old, that has this famous walk down these steps sure. in this movie. Oh, you do know who I'm sure. talking about. She, she was incredible. So, um, It's hard to imagine so. Denver being anything very different from Uncle Jesse. I mean, I can imagine he had to have been very fatherly-like. 
or something. He was very fatherly like. In fact, he was a little psychic. I was having a, a bit of a hard time getting pregnant, and I had him and his wife, Tippy, who was just a fantastic wife and partner to him. Uh, I had them over for dinner, and he brought me this beautiful Baccarat crystal, like a Madonna with a woman wow. uh, standing, and, and two little angels. He goes, you're going to have your children. Don't worry. And here, and he gave me this incredible gift of this beautiful woman. I mean, this beautiful crystal figure of a woman with two children on either side of her. Isn't that something? And that came true. And, well, the year he died, I was I got pregnant. Isn't that something? Hey, yeah, I, it really was. We're about out of time, but I got to ask you real quick. Uh, one, tell us about the inspiration for the shorts, and then quickly tell us about you have a store. Oh yeah, I have a. Well, first of all, uh, how about if we save the shorts for another story? Sure, I'm that'd sure be fine. I'm going to be bound again. Yes. But, Tell um, us about this about the store. Daisy Country is something that you know Ben and Alma and I um, have put together, and it's a part of Cooters. It's, it's Daisy Country is my my take on the country woman, and and lots of fun things for people to buy there, and and we sort of do it like. What do we want to? What do I want to buy? So I, that's what I put in there. I'm going to expand a little bit more when I. I've just stopped. Well, I haven't stopped doing uh, Yuck and the Restless, but I don't have a storyline right now, so sure. I'm going to get in there and do some more things. Well, and and we can find that in Nashville. The store's in Nashville, right there by the Grand Ole Opry Mall and all that sort of thing by Cooter's uh, Place. Yeah, it's right. Okay, I'm I'm the 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 new. The new person on the block. So you got to go around the side. Okay. <laughs> Daisy Country. <laughs> well, everybody go and visit oh. Daisy Country. I've been. It's awesome. You have very cool. You've got the shorts and the necklaces and uh, the, the T-shirts and all that. Plenty the- of shorts. I made those shorts that are in there, and we haven't been able to keep them in stock. What, I, I bought a 1,000 pairs of uh, of jeans, and I cut them off, and I, started, and I put some, some, some stars and some daisies and different things on and uh they just sold right out i gotta yeah. be honest my pair is a little tight but uh you know oh <laughs> well we can fix that <laughs> oh we can <laughs> Catherine bach thank you so much for coming on guatney unplugged and talking to us we'd love to have you back again real soon all right i'd love to come back hey thank you bye-bye thank you so much bye-bye uh, Catherine bach bye. the real daisy duke there from the dukes of hazard scott romine for guatney unplugged thanks so much for listening